Welcome to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I am great. How are you doing tonight? What are you drinking? That's what I want to know. What are you drinking? Remember, I remember, instead of making Matt halfway through our show, like get me a drink from basement, I remembered my dark beer. I'm still on a dark beer kick because I don't know how true it is, but they say it helps your milk production. So I'm drinking all oh. the dark beer I can. And this one is actually really good. It's called Snacksident. Snacksident. All right. Snacksident. It's a peanut butter chocolate stout. Highly oh, recommend. Oh, all my favorite things in one drink. Mm-hmm. And uh, our guest tonight is an OG that everyone knows and loves. Kevin Ogar. Kevin, how are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. And you, you're drinking something. You said some fake drink. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking the athletic brewing, like non-alcoholic beer. Those are the so things Frazier been advertising, like hand over fist. Yeah, they they sent uh, they sent some to the gym, and me and one of my other head coaches don't really like drink so much anymore. Um, but I do enjoy like a nice beer at the end of the day, and so it's it's mm-hmm. nice because I can have one of these and then not wake up feeling like garbage the next day. And it actually tastes like a beer, which yeah. is which is nice. Yeah, I love those. And I like I did a lot of uh, non-alcoholic beer research when I was pregnant because same kind of thing. Like I didn't really give a shit about not being able to drink for nine months. Like that wasn't my I had a way harder time, like not having as much coffee as I wanted as opposed to alcohol. But I I really do like a beer at the end of the day or I like to have like um, like go out for like pizza and beer, like those two things just like they go together. So athletic, the athletic brewing company, and this is not an ad. I wish it was. I wish we were sponsored by them. Hook us up. Um, Hook us up. They're they're great. They sent us a whole bunch to the gym. um, And, um, and uh, when we hosted, what was the, the FYR, the, um, the forging youth resilience, we hosted one of their like comp train things. I guess comp train does it with them and they left a whole bunch behind and my head coach, like stole them all because he's so excited to have something he can have at the end of the day. It's not alcoholic. Yeah. I love them. They're the best ones out there. And I still, Mm -hmm. to this day, because I obviously can't drink a lot because I'm still breastfeeding. um, Matt and I will drink those like on a Tuesday. So we don't wake up randomly in the middle of the week and can hang over. Cause now in your thirties, you know, two beers later, you're like, "Mm." yeah, I mean, I like having like on the weekends. I'd like having a really nice glass of whiskey. That's Mm. great, but I can't do it throughout the week. Yeah, I get that now. I totally I, do. I saw an ad the other day. They're making fake whiskey now. Um, I don't yeah, know I, I don't, I've tried those. I don't can go that far. Yeah, I I'm did not, sure not like any of them. I haven't found a single like fake spirit that didn't taste like just liquid garbage. Yeah, I can't imagine they're making a a non alcoholic whiskey that actually tastes like a good whiskey, and that's that's the thing. I mean, that's right. The reason I like athletic brew it actually tastes like a good beer, um, totally. opposed to like anything else. It just tastes like you're drinking bubbly sour water Mm-mm. okay well, i can't do it i should message them and tell them i want a case i'm gonna drink the whole case at once and go get in a fake bar fight it's gonna be great <laughs> <laughs> i like it oh sorry i don't get to use that joke often i'm glad i gotta work that in tonight that you've good. been saving it for a special occasion for an eternity well how often does fake beer come up hardly ever hardly not you know not enough truly <laughs> I'm glad to know those are good though, because I keep seeing Frazier talk about them, and I'm like, yeah, okay, buddy. Like, and you know, all respect to Frazier, you know, being sober and and maintaining that journey. So I'm not making fun of him, but I'm like, come on, man. Like, you don't you don't drink. How do you know what's good? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, so it's good to know that they're really good. It makes me happy. 
No, they're legit. They're legit. And the only other non-alcoholic beer that I found that I actually really like is um, the Sam Adams, like fake IPA, non-alcoholic IPA. It's actually legit. I haven't tried it yet. That's a good one. Uh, I just just tried these because they were sent to the gym or left at the gym and, you know, we're um, we're still running through them. Where were we? Uh, what after party was it? I can't remember. It was, um, I think it was West Coast Classic this year. I was like super fucking pregnant. And we had like the little like get together at the end, just like the staff and they got us pizza and there were drinks there and there were a whole bunch of those. And I did the same thing that your head coach did. I like stashed them in my bag and like flew, flew home with them from Vegas because I was like, these are the best. And, like they're kind of hard to find. Stole them all. Thanks, CrossFit. Wow. <laughs> We're going to have to change the name of the show to Kettlebells and Fake Cocktails mm-hmm. with all this talk. No, I know. Well, you have you have me convinced now, Kevin. I'm going to order some. Just give it a shot. I mean, they're not that expensive, so. I wonder if you have to sign for them, because I know there's like there's no, no there's not enough alcohol in it to matter, but there's still enough that the state gets weird. You know, you do not. At least in Colorado, you don't. We had we had some shipped to the gym um, for me and my uh, coach, and he ordered it off of Amazon. So <laughs> uh, well, I was gonna I, like, you gonna drizzly that shit? Yeah, look, I, I get it on Amazon. That's a slam yeah. dunk. Yeah. What's it called? Athletic Brewing Company. Yeah. Yep. Sweet. Well, if I know I can get it on Amazon, us. you can get anything on Amazon, man. Amazon's the the bomb. I'm gonna get hate mail for that. Slide but. into their DMs, see if they'll sponsor the show. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Hey, listen, we had a guest on who was drinking your beer and they were raving about it. We'd like to try it. Give us your beer. It can work. Yeah, we just Mm -hmm. gave you a 10-minute free spot on our show. I know, right? Exactly. We have many more important things to talk about tonight. I'm very excited for tonight. We do. This is the first episode we've done to talk about the campaign I'm doing around the adaptive community, which is, you know, I've been wanting to get Kevin on forever. So I apologize. This is the reason to get you on, Kevin, but it's a good reason. But I love this reason. This is is the reason that I'm on. This is great. Yeah, but I've wanted to have you on forever. So I still feel like I got to apologize because, you know, you you should have been on far before this. But you're here now. So here we are. So uh, let me give the rundown of the campaign and maybe the genesis of where it came from, and then we'll talk about it. And Kevin, I think, you know, we'd obviously, we'd love to hear about your journey and you're doing so many things with Wheelwad and ATA and everybody else within the community. And matter of fact, I got an amazing DM about you today. I'm going to read to you later. You might start crying. Um, Sweet. I haven't made a grown man cry in a while, except for myself, but um <laughs> Doesn't count. <laughs> that doesn't count. Or my, well, maybe my dad. Maybe that counts too. <laughs> anyway, uh, he's so disappointed. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so this campaign. So here's what I'm attempting to do, or what I've been attempting to do, is uh, as most people have heard, uh, this year the CrossFit Games is bringing back the same three divisions they did last year in the adaptive community, which is great. So we're going to have, um, an adaptive competition in Madison at the games again. So, you know, I want to start by saying big thumbs up to, uh, you know, Dave and Eric and Justin Berg for, you know, committing to, you know, diversity and inclusion and keeping that going. Cause I think it's really important to our community to have that representation at the games. Um, what didn't happen this year is they didn't add any divisions. And again, I think a lot of you probably know there are, you know, far more divisions than three. And here's how I got on my radar. So it was kind of funny, actually. So 
uh, Mikey, who is the self-proclaimed fittest dwarf on earth, got mad at the world when they weren't included at the games. And I say this with love. If Mikey were on this call, I would be saying this because um, I love him. He's such a good dude. But man, he was pissed. And he just blew up Instagram. And I shared it like in my story. And next thing I know, I'm getting a message from the ATA and getting an earful, you know, and going back and forth. And, you know, it's all good. And, you know, this was, you know, contentious, but, but it was, you know, kind of an explanation of what was going on. And, you know, maybe I should look more into things before I just blindly share them. And as Nikki will attest, I usually don't take very kindly to people telling me what I should and shouldn't do. So I'm like, screw this. I'm going to look into it. <laughs> My favorite thing about you, John. Yeah, that's awesome. And, well, and so then I do start looking into it. And, and so I start figuring out what divisions are going and which ones aren't. And I'm a reasonable dude. Instead of blowing up the world, I'm like, well, what can I do to help these divisions? Like, I can't, I can't get them a spot at the games. I don't have any pull with Eric, and I certainly don't have any with Dave. So um, I'm like, what can I do? So I start thinking, and I'm like, well, if I were in their position and I couldn't go, would I be happy if I could get a similar experience? And so that's where the idea came from and, and what I wanted to provide and I'm trying to provide is kind of a games level experience to those not going to the game. So those five divisions that won't be traveling to Madison, they'll crown the fittest on earth at semifinals. And they'll obviously top three in each division and then their season's over. And so my thought was, is, well, if they'd gone to Madison, they would have gotten a really awesome swag bag and with, you know, all kinds of stuff in it, you know, shoes, shirts, hats, whatever. Um, and then they would have gotten a cash prize. I'm like, all right, well, could I provide that? Could I give them a cash prize and a swag bag? So I sent an email to Innovate, who's the title sponsor of my other show. And I'm like, hey, I got this big idea. And they, I didn't tell them what it was. And they get on the phone with me and they're like all nervous. They're like, oh my God, here goes Willie again, off on a tangent. And I tell them what the idea is. And they're like, done, let's make it happen. Let's go. Sick. Like that, that fast. Like they, they had no hesitation whatsoever. They're like, let's make it CrossFit happen. OG. That's why they're the first ones ever before there was a Reebok deal before there was anything. We were all wearing their stuff. Like they are from the ground up, like the OG CrossFit brand. Well, and you know, they said to me, they're like, you know, they love the adaptive vision and you know, they've got athletes um, that are part of that division and they've worked with them for years and, they're like, look, you know, we view ourselves as kind of the the shoe for the everyman, not, you know, not necessarily the elite of the elite. Like they're not out there trying to sponsor the Frasers of the world. Like, you know, they, they the normal people like me wear their shoes, you know, and they're like, this is perfect for us. And uh, so, yeah, so they were all in. So I just shot a few messages to other people that I knew, other businesses. And like the first three people I talked to were like, done, let's go. Let's make it happen. You know? And so that's when I knew I was kind of onto something. So I just, I just started setting up call after call after call, you know, 10, probably 10 to 15 sponsors, uh, shot a bunch of messages to friends within the community of, Hey, what do you think of this? How's it going to be viewed? And once I kind of had an idea of what I thought would happen, we just ran with it <laughs> whatever that's worth and set up a GoFundMe page to start uh, fundraising for the cash prize. And at this point I've got, you know, probably 10 to 15 sponsors that are uh, coming in. We'll talk about them some tonight because there's some really cool stuff coming, uh, I think, from a, a sponsorship standpoint. And um, 
you know, and uh, so what I hope can happen, what the real gist of the campaign is, isn't, hey, we're just going to give them this cash prize. I'm like, what we really want to do is get them in Madison. And so what I'm, my, the goal here isn't getting the cash prize and getting the swag. The goal is to double participation in the open and to get more people that need fitness into CrossFit. And, and so that's what I'm really trying to do is like, if I think if I can get enough representation out to the community, we can get more people to join. And so all these sponsors have also agreed to send out emails and use their social, you know, I'm doing kind of a daily post on my page, just highlighting athletes within the community and whatever division I can find, um, and sharing their stories and letting other people share them. And, you know, my hope is people will find it. That way they'll see, you know, kind of these amazing athletes out doing stuff that, you know, they weren't sure they could do. I had someone reach out to me today, actually, that said, posted, uh, a post of this girl, Kim, uh, who's blind and she was doing, uh, you know, step ups and burpees. And, you know, it was really interesting to watch the video because she's touching the box as she goes down, you know, and somebody messaged me and, and said, you know, I have hope now. That's because awesome. Because I, I didn't realize that people were out there doing this, you know? And so it's like, and so that's what we're really trying to accomplish here is like, can we, if we could double participation this year, maybe double it next year and keep it growing, will these other divisions get invited at some mm-hmm. point? Oh, that's the goal. And so that's the, that's the gist of the campaign. It was a really long, like kind of sermon, but that's the gist of the campaign and what we're trying to do. And, and I, I think it's an awesome campaign. And, and I think one of the reasons I, I really enjoy it uh, that you guys are doing this. And first of all, thank you from the adaptive community. But secondly, you're, you're actually doing something. I think my biggest problem with a lot of what I've seen um, is like when Stouty started Wheelwad, it wasn't, um, well, they don't have a spot for me in the open. I'm going to complain about it and then act like a victim. And then hopefully they're going to change everything they're doing to accommodate me. He goes, no, we're going to do this ourselves. And he started doing the open himself. He actually took action um, to to do what he wanted, and that's that's what I like about like your campaign and a few other people who are doing stuff. It's 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 not like well we want this now do this for us, otherwise we're going to complain about it. It's we're going to actually do something about it. We're gonna we're not going to ask for help. We're just going to go do it, which I think is the epitome of what the adaptive community should be striving for. It's not like hey help us. It's, Hey, we can do this and we're going to do it with your help or not. Mm-hmm. Do you know Sin Martinez from Afro Brutality? Have you ever met Sin? I do. I know Sin very well. He's a great yeah. dude. He was, mm-hmm. he was on our Sin's show. Um, I forget how long ago it was, maybe six months or so. I should shoot him a message and tell him this part of how this came up when I was talking to Mikey and he was, you know, raising hell. I thought back to Sin cause I'd asked him in an interview we did with him, you know, something along the lines of, you know, do you ever get frustrated waiting on, you know, CrossFit to help you with whatever? And he's like, what are you talking about? If you want something done, go fucking do it yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just like, like that. We, we, we started, we, we started mimicking the open and the wheel wide open um, nine years ago. I think when Stani first started doing that yeah. nine years ago, he's developed wheel wide competitions. We developed classification systems. We've done wheel wide. We just had the wheel wide gains in November and crowned, uh, the fittest in every category for like 11 different categories. Um, like we didn't wait around for someone else to do this for us. And if CrossFit gets into it and they want us to come in and, and they want to do more, do more um, divisions. That's awesome. I can tell you from being on the back end of CrossFit games this last year, we're not fitting any more divisions in, in the games. 
not to say we will not have or have, never have those divisions at the CrossFit Games. I mean, personally, I would love to see our own CrossFit Games, like age divisions and adaptive split off because there's so many cool age, the people in age divisions yeah. and adaptive that I don't I don't think we need to piggyback off the, the CrossFit Games anymore. I think we need our own. And if we have our own, we can expand to those eight divisions or 11 divisions. I mean, right now we have, uh, what, five, uh, three divisions in there, um, which is at like 30 athletes. If we add the other five in, that's another fit. Like we're looking at like a hundred athletes at that point in time. Um, that's not even all the divisions that we technically have. Those are just the ones that are the most prominent. Hmm. So I, I think it's a hard thing to ask to throw us in the game, but I do think it's a really cool thing to say, Hey, like you guys need to be going to the games, but let's get the community, which has always been what CrossFit is, is the community to rally behind these adaptive athletes and give them the same experience. Yeah. I, lo- I love that idea too. Like I, I've had years in the past and I'd be curious on your perspective of this. I forget what year it was and I was watching online. So it was several years ago, but it was like kind of in between events, they brought out a bunch of adaptive athletes and had them mm-hmm. do a workout. Yeah. And showcase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like a showcase. And I, like, I kind of hesitated for me. I'm like, this is really cool. And it would be fun to watch an adaptive competition, but that wasn't that it came off more as like, let's do some sort of inspirational thing and make people feel good. And I'm like, you know, I've known plenty of people in that community. Like they just want to compete. <laughs> they don't want to be yeah, somebody and, else's inspiration necessarily, you know? And I mean, they, they've had a showcase uh, since 2014, I think it's the first one. And I've actually been a part of all of them, either behind the scenes or out on the actual field of play. And I think one of the biggest things and the reasons why we always push for that is, is it was the start. It was the starting point to getting in, in interest. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just be like, all right, here are a bunch of athletes you know nothing about and have never seen them do anything. We're going to throw them in front of you and you guys are going to cheer for them. Those showcases, I think, really were the jump off point to get CrossFit to realize that there is there's a huge community out there of adaptive athletes and people do want to see these things. And and they've been working really hard. Eric and Dave, I know for sure. And Justin for, also like worked really hard with us this year to figure out how we could include, well, I guess last year to include the adaptive division um, in all of this stuff. Uh, and they're doing it again this year. And honestly, my, here's my biggest thing. And here's what I've told. I told Mikey this, I've told everyone else this in the adaptive community. If we added more divisions in those three this year, we would become a circus show. That's it. Cause we have to jam things in there. We wouldn't be testing fitness. We would just be doing it for the sake of doing it. We would be off to the side and we'd become a sideshow. And you might as well just put us under a tent with some elephants. If, if you're going to jam us all in there at that point, cause we're not going to be testing uh, testing fitness. There's not, there's not enough room in, in the day uh, at the games as it sits right now um, to do any of that and do it well. Um, I mean, this is going, I mean, I've been trying to get to the games for 14 years now. Have been incredibly close, very many years. You think I don't want to go to the games and actually, after 14 years of trying to get there, I do. But I, I want them to test my fitness. I don't want them to say, "Well, here, here's a handout for you cripples. You guys can get out there and do something that's similar to what we're doing, and maybe some people will watch you." Kevin, can you explain a little bit about your role in the back end of all that? Because you're you're OG, you've been in a community for so long, but I know you've been more involved the last couple of years with helping on the back end of stuff, legitimately mostly just through HQ and other games. Yeah, mostly just bad jokes. Uh, that's what fair. I that, fair. Yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. <laughs> um, <off> no, I, <laughs> so I um I work for Wheelwad and I work for ATA and and they're they we we have very similar visions, but we're two separate ones, more educational ones, more um competitive um and programming type stuff. Um, but we work together a lot and I work for both. And um so my role has really just 
been um, like I was a head judge um, last year at the games for the adaptive division, help with the program programming or adapted the programming on that side helped with like setup and making sure the athletes were, were safe and like, say, and like, I just kind of like helped plan the events and uh, my official title with like wheel wide staff is, is head, uh, head judge, um, head of judging and standards. And I also take care of some other stuff on the back end there, but a lot of that is um, with the programming, but a lot of that is Stouty, uh, Chris Stoutenberg um, and then Alex Zirkenbach as well. And then um, for wheel wide, there's also John Prescott who, who does a lot of the um, organizational stuff for us. Cause me and Stouty are, pretty, pretty scatterbrained at times. <laughs> well, there's a lot to keep in line. That's, that's those are big jobs. You sh- you're like, Oh yeah, we just, we just, you know, plan and organize the entire thing no, yeah. No. <laughs> for like 11 divisions of people and all of these different things that you need to consider. And man, event planning is so rough and CrossFit event planning is so tough. There's just so many tiny little details that you have to kind of get under your belt. So that's a, uh, that's much bigger um, job than you sort of lending yourself to right now. It's there, There's a lot of stuff that we've developed and like processes on the back end um, mm-hmm. for both ATA and we all that, that make it a little easier and we can plug and play a few things. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a large endeavor. It's, it's a lot of work. I think people fail to recognize how diverse the adaptive community is. Like, and, and I forget, to be honest, like when I've started doing these posts, I, cause I kind of read every comment that comes in, I start seeing people talk about like little sub threads, you know, how all, you know, like the neuro um, divisions are really interesting to me because there's so many different. Oh man. You, know, neuro, neuro, you could have, you know, neuro divisions are probably one of the hardest divisions to, to uh, program for and, and create, a fair and level playing field for because mm. I mean, you have major and minor narrow as it sits right now, but even in minor narrow, you have, you have probably a hundred different, different uh, impairments that could possibly pop up. And then, then you get into major narrow and just major narrow simply with like cerebral palsy, you have like hundreds, which is cerebral palsy that could change differently. And then they man- manifest this way differently and this way differently. And how do you test across the board and make it, make it fair. So you're not, um, so people can express their fitness and what their body is physically capable of, but we also don't put uh, someone who's in the same category at a disadvantage because of their impairment. It's, Wait, it's how a, do you do that? That's a legitimate question. How do you do that? Lots of testing, uh, mm-hmm. lots of data, um, thinking of like, you have to figure out where the difference is. It, is it a fitness thing? Is it truly something they could train and get better at? Or is it an impairment thing? Is it something that their impairment is just not going to allow for it to happen? And if it is, we have to err on the side of um, uh, programming for, for impairments, uh, which does take away from the fitness sometimes, which is why we split in so many different categories. Um, it's actually the main reason we split between seated one and seated two or seated with hip function and seated without hip function, um, because the seated with hip function were being held back so greatly by those of us who don't have hip function because our impairment was going to prevent us from doing certain things that we had to split in two categories so we could start to actually express um, people's fitness. Uh, Tommy Asga, who is um, by far the fittest seated athlete in the world. Like there's no one close to him. There's no one that could even come close to him at this point in time. Um, mm. uh, I, w- I would put it if like, if like everyone else was here and Fraser was here in the seated community, everyone else is here. And Miazga is like not even in the same realm of possibilities. Well, not Nikki, even close. He was, he was the one I posted the video on a couple of days ago where he was doing like 10 muscle ups a bazillion muscle ups unbroken and i was like who the fuck is this guy yeah that's at the end that's the end that's at the end of a giant chipper that's literally at the end of a giant chipper on his second round 
Yeah, so I wanted um, to throw up. As soon as he just posted the video, I'm like, I'm not sure I want to post this because he's so much fitter than me. Like, I'm just like, screw this guy. Like, just well, the, wor- the worst part is, is he's also a super nice dude and a super good looking dude, which Damn makes it. you like kind of like go fuck yourself, Tom, because you 100%. can't have everything that he does. Um, he has also just sent me a video. He's a super nice dude, though. Super One of the nice nice guys. He just sent me a he just sent me a video. I think he posted it on the online. So I don't check social media that often of him. Um, we've been I had worked with him for a long time when I was working and getting him squatting because he does have hip function. And he just sent me a video of him box squatting 300 pounds. What is his what is his ailment or impairment? He had, I'm gonna say this wrong and he'll correct me later. And I'm sorry, Tom. He has hemiplegic spastic cerebral palsy. Um, so the lower half of his body just, uh, is very tonal, very, very spastic, not a lot of control there. Um, and his upper half is, is, uh, fairly, fairly unimpaired or unencumbered, I guess. Oh yeah. And super fit. Yeah. <laughs> his upper fit. half is super fucking fit. Yeah. His lower half is just as fit. He probably does. He can probably do, uh, like full on burpees faster um with his impairment than most I, i'm pretty sure he could probably do 15 to 17 burpees in a minute without without even break, breaking a sweat my my point to the the topic about it being so diverse is like as i watch people in the comments kind of bitching at each other about who should be doing what i'm like i love the fact the adaptive community complains as much as everybody else like oh, it's, the, it's the best Absolutely, the community. I know. Guys. I love it. They, there, there's a thing, and I don't think a lot of people know this about the adaptive community. There is, there is a whole bunch of people, and this is where, like me, Stouty, and Alec thrive a lot. Um, it's because we don't um, care at all, and even a little bit about um, their impairment. But uh, there's a whole group of them who are, who want to argue about who is um, more impaired. I'm more impaired than you. You may you're not fitter than I'm. I'm just I'm just more of a cripple than you are. Or like you're not impaired enough to be a part of this community, and we've we've had to have real real big sit downs with people. Be like, you can't tell someone who has an impairment just because they're less impaired than you that they're not an adaptive athlete. They are, in fact, an adaptive athlete. You're just a whiner. Do you know what's so interesting, Kevin? Is I was I was wondering that, and like almost couldn't find the words to ask you that question because I was like, mm-hmm. surely that doesn't happen. Surely oh, there's because yeah. in my head I'm like, with so many divisions and so many ways, like different ways to skin the cat, so to speak. Like I wonder if there are people who are like, well, uh, you know, this is my impairment, but I should be in this division, and it's not fair that this person is competing alongside me because they yep. have this impairment to a lesser degree than I do, but we're still in the same. And I was like, surely there's no way that that kind of conversation oh, yeah. actually. So happens. It got it got really bad last year. So Alec Zirkenbach is is an adaptive athlete. He has a permanent impairment. He has uh basically he can't feel or really move anything below his right uh his right knee. And he has a spinal cord injury. He just happens to walk. And last year, just because he looks looks normal, quote unquote normal, uh when he's up and walking around and wearing pants, he had people yawn at him that how dare he be in the adaptive community? He's not crippled enough to help run this stuff. And it's like you guys are just looking for problems at this point. You guys don't actually want to further any of this. You guys want people to look at you and go, Oh, poor sweet cripple. We'll do things for you. <laughs> um, and, and so there, there's a, there's quite a bit of it. Um, I got, I got some flack. I reposted something um, on in social media, which I don't do very often from one of our uh, wheelies that uh, she made like one of those, like I'm going to get hate for these statements, but the uh, wheelchair community victimizes themselves more than, that victimizes themselves or put themselves in the state of being a victim more so than we need to, which is true. hundred percent it is. And I got some people who were upset. I don't just act like a victim. I have an impairment, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, there you are. There you are. Yeah. You're a victim. Turns out you you're made proving my point there, bro. 
Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. Cause like you don't want to minimize the way people feel about their situation. Oh, I do. But, okay. But you do. Well, I was going to say, yeah. but they need a swift kick in the ass from someone like you. So there you go. We're in agreement. The, 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 pro- <laughs> the problem is, is it's, it, um, and I've talked to uh, Mara Shannon about this and this is where I think it comes from. Um, in the adaptive community, they've had a lot of these people have been told like, no, they can't, no, they shouldn't all these no's, no's, no's. And then they have people who baby them and do everything for them and try to hide away from their weaknesses or from their impairment. They try to hide from it their entire, entire life. And then you get into the sport of CrossFit, which whole purpose of it is to expose your weaknesses and directly challenge where you're impaired and where you're not impaired. And you have these people who have never had anyone tell them like, we don't care, do it anyway. Mm. Um, and the, and they they throw they throw some hissy fits. Mm. It does not only in the uh, adaptive division. That's just that's just CrossFit across the board. Well, yeah, you're, you're right about that. And I will say, you guys have a significant population though that is the opposite of that. Because I routinely, I got one the other day. Now that I've started this, it's even worse. People message this woman messaged me, and she goes. Hey, I'm waiting for the meme of the adaptive athlete who's blind female who was having to work out with the men because she found herself in the wrong, in the wrong heat or something. And I'm like, I can't do that. Like I'll get roasted oh, man. senseless I, for doing that. And she's like, Oh, come will, on, people are just babies. <laughs> I will say this. The, 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 uh, it is a small minority who, who need that swift kick in the ass to be told like, shut up. No one cares. It's a very small minority. The vast majority of the people who compete in the wheel wide space or even the CrossFit space, um, we tell them to do things and they go, yeah, sure. We'll give it a shot. So it's a vast majority there. And I also say, as I say, John, like we have the most twisted sense of humor in the adaptive community. Anyone the most twisted. And so there's, there's very little that can be done in the adaptive community. Once you've been accepted as one of us, that's going to offend us. Well, I get that. And I have a lot of friends in the community and that's why they all asked me to do it. I'm like, but no one knows we're all friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's just it. Right. It's know. not going to be the adaptive community that gives you shit. It's going to be all the oh, able-bodied no. people we, who we are like, the to, fuck are you doing? We just need to get you like a little plastic card. It says like cripple approved. Um, right. Perfect. And then you can do whatever you want. Like a stamp. Give them, yeah, give them a cripple stamp. stamp cripple, I use the word cripple uh-huh. a lot. Cripple stamp of approval. Uh, it's your word. We can't say that word. Um, my whole thing with it is if you're going to get offended by a word because of your situation, you really need to look down deep into yourself and figure out why you don't like yourself. Mm, interesting. Sorry. If, if a word, if a word gets you that hot, that's on you, not on the people using it, especially, especially if they're trying to use it respectfully. If someone comes up to me and says something and tries to be respectful, um, and they're trying to be nice and it's just not a word that I enjoy. Um, and I jump down their throat. That's me guy in the wheelchair being an asshole, not them. And if, and if I'm really that offended by a word that they're trying to be nice about. Um, it probably has something it has more to say about how I feel about myself and my situation than it does the actual word. We've done a lot of, of discussion about things of the, of that nature with a lot of different, um, groups of people when we were doing a little bit on the diversity and inclusion, especially when CrossFit was first like coming up with the board and figuring out who was going to be whatever. And we always ended up talking to people who came to that conclusion that were like, you know, people they're nervous and they walk on eggshells and they're going to say the wrong thing. But as long as they're coming from the right place, like it's okay to have that conversation of like, Hey, you know, Maybe not that word, but like, I'm not pissed about it. Just like, here's how I feel or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, where you're I mean, coming from. I hear you. That's fine. 
I would rather have someone come up to me and respectfully call me a stupid cripple rather than <laughs> someone come up to me and call me handy. If the next person that calls me handy capable, that's the one that gets me. Ooh, like that's why, why um, it's, it's a uh, patronizing. It's, it, it doesn't mean anything. It's not a real word. It's, it's okay. literally a way to try to make you yourself feel more comfortable around someone who has a disability. That's like an eighties term too. That was like straight yeah. out of the eighties. I don't think I've ever no, heard like, it. Oh, it's terrible. Like, if, if you look, if you look at these words, they have meanings like disabled. My legs are technically disabled. They aren't able. They don't work. Crippled literally means to unable to ambulate from one place to another. I'm crippled. That's that's the technical term for it. Handy capable was someone like, mm, it makes me uncomfortable to say handicap. And so I'm going to change it to something I find more positive, but it's dumb. <laughs> what is hand, like, hand, hand, dumb. Handy, handy capable? What does that even mean? Handicap comes from a long line of like, actually like, it's actually not a great word where you're like holding your hand, your your cap in your hand and begging for money. That's where it comes from. Oh, so to call shit. someone handy, call someone handy capable. It's just like a, it's just throw away. I'm going to make myself feel better and make myself have like the moral huh. high ground. Yeah, it, I think dump. it was created by people who wanted to feel better about someone else's situation, but they didn't actually want to go do anything to help them. Meaning, yeah. Oh, you can do it, buddy, but I'm not going to do anything about building a ramp for that building. <laughs> You know, it's like, you just figured it out. You're capable. You know, it's just dumb. So dumb. I, yeah, I, that, that's one of those. And that, and, I, and you know what, if someone came up and called me handy capable, you know what I wouldn't do? Jump down their throats. I'd be like, Hey man, that's kind of a stupid word. Why don't you just call me a cripple? We'll be good. Right, right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You may be trying, you're doing, you're doing a bad job, but at least you're trying. Yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate you trying. Well, <laughs> One thing I hope that comes from all these conversations is people start feeling more comfortable asking questions. And like the first time we had Stoudy on the show with Stoudy and Logan on, that was about five minutes in, like I'd completely lost control of the show at that Makes point. Sense. And they're like cursing at each other and calling each other the worst names ever. And I think Stoudy had used the term cripple like a dozen times. And I'm sitting there going, I don't think we could use that word. Like, you can't say that. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Of course I can say that, you know? Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. so the more I'm around it, the more I realize it's like, all right, well, maybe you should start asking some questions and yeah. figure out what's good and what isn't. And I hope others will start to do that through this, of like maybe learning about the divisions that are out there and what are the impairments and what are the real obstacles? Because the big, for me, the big obstacle isn't, will we, or won't we get more adaptive divisions at the games? For me, it's, will we get more coaches trained to have adaptive athletes in the everyday gyms. Cause I don't run into that very often. I think well, a lot of people are scared of it, man. Like uh, the amount of people, the amount of adaptive athletes I have at my gym is uh, probably exponentially higher than most. Um, but the, the amount of them that have come to me from other gyms and just said, yeah, the gym told me to sit in the corner. Cause they didn't know, I didn't, they didn't know what to do with me. Come and it's on. not like, and I, and I don't think it's a lack of um, like empathy or even like wanting to help from CrossFit gyms and CrossFit coaches. I, uh, in fact, like I know it's not the CrossFit coaches are some of the most like I want to help everyone type of people that I've ever met in my entire life. And um, I've worked with a bunch of them. Um, I think it's mostly just fear. I think one of the things that the wheelwad stuff and the ATA stuff does the best job of is eliminating fear. We're telling them like, yeah, it's, it's okay. In fact, one of the statements I make at all those courses is like, they're adaptive athletes. Something has aggressively tried to kill them and fail. I don't think bicep curls and overhead press is going to do it. Um, and so once you kind of get that mindset to where like some, something has literally tried to kill this person and, and not done a good job and they've survived, um, you can push them and they'll, they'll be okay. They're not porcelain. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that needs to get across for a lot of these coaches. I mean, 
I'll go so far. And I'm, I'm a bit of a, uh, you know, I don't know how to say this. And I say, there's like a crop. I'm a CrossFit guy. I, I, I teach level ones. I teach level twos. I work for the company as an affiliate rep. Like I, I am a CrossFit guy through and through. And I, I will tell you that you have everything that you would ever need to coach, to start coaching. I'll say, start coaching adaptive athletes. If you go through your level one. Yeah, totally. Period. So here's something cool. Here's something cool. So part of this campaign is to get more people into the gyms. And so when I reached out to these companies, uh, one of the companies I reached out to was O2. We just had uh, Dave Kalina on the show a week ago. We did a happy hour with him and, and drank a lot of tequila on the air. It was great. Really fun episode. And so I'm talking to Dave. I'm like, hey, you want to be a part of this? He's like, absolutely. I'm like, well, what do you think you'd like to do? You know, do you want to help us with the swag bags or, you know, maybe put some money into the divisions? He's like, oh, I'll do all of that. He's like, but what if I do a $20 O2 gift card to every single adaptive athlete who enters the open? That's every big. single one. I mean, if, if our growth numbers are the same as, as they were last year, you're looking at like two or 3,000 adaptive athletes competing this year. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the point. And and so now, and so this is what, and we haven't even announced this yet. So I've, at this point, I'm going to have to announce it by Friday. Um, what's really Breaking cool about news. That, yeah, break, what's great about that is when you think about it, this could be, a, we'll call it a $40,000 investment by O2. And the athletes that are entering is a $20 entry fee to get in the open. You get something for your money, whether you podium or not. Now you get it back. That's, that's huge. Yeah. That's it's huge. Really just, it really speaks to, you know, Dave is an amazing guy. Um, but I think it speaks to just the power of the community, how much people, you know, really want to see these divisions succeed. And, and I think this can really help us get more people into gems, which again is, that's yeah. the goal. It, it, and I, I can tell you, we, we've seen an uptick in, in adaptive athletes going into CrossFit gyms, people working with CrossFit uh, adaptive athletes. It's been massive uh, since the open, like even, even my gym, which we are pretty, uh, athletes, we jokingly call ourselves the gym for misfit toys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cause most of our classes, you couldn't make a full human being, um, out of the entire class. Um, and, and so what we've seen is that even us have a huge uptick in the number of adaptive athletes who are coming out and, and trying right. these things just from being able to see someone else do them. Um, so I think John, thank you for like, uh, bringing more awareness to it and trying to get these companies big into it. Cause I think that's going to be huge. I don't, I don't care who wins the CrossFit games for the adaptive athletes. I'm going to say that out loud. I could, I could care less. My wife won it last year. She's mad at me. She's sitting next to me right now. I don't care. Um, yes, proud of her. she Good did job. excellently last year. Yeah. But like. I, I generally, generally don't, don't care. I want to see more adaptive athletes in CrossFit gyms. I want to see more adaptive athletes doing this functional fitness stuff. Cause I think that's where we not only change people's perspective on adaptive athletes, we change adaptive athletes perspective on, on themselves. And I think that's the biggest, biggest thing we can do. Yeah. Like we, we need to create such a large community. Like right now, go to, go to an average CrossFit gym and you're going to see people who you never thought would be doing stuff like CrossFit in your life. Um, like my dad's one of them. He's 65 years old. Didn't work out a day until he was 60 Did his first handstand pull up and or handstand push up and rope climb when he was 63. Like his life has improved. His, his view on himself has improved. And I think we need more of that for the adaptive world and adaptive athletes. Um, so yeah, the open's great. CrossFit games are great. They're, they're a great way to bring more people in, but I think we just need to remember the goal is not to bring more people into the CrossFit games, but to bring more people into health and wellness. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I love that. This is how you've set this up, John, that you've, you're, yeah. you're pushing for participation at the end of the day, more than anything. Like, you know, you want to, you want to be in this, you want to get involved, you want to be a part of this communal effort, like sign up, 
and, and, and test your fitness, like, like put yourself in a position to really test what you're capable of. Well, that's what's important here. Here's some cool stuff that's coming out of it. Like I, at this point, I'm meeting people, which I've never met before. And, you know, Kevin, you'll know them, but I met Dana from Equip Products who, awesome people. you know, they, they make, favorite. yeah, they make all these, uh, you know, different products for the adaptive community. And I met her at Rogue and, you know, we talked for quite a while and she had these, um, these uh, neoprene sleeves they put over, uh, for ring dips over the mm-hmm. cords, you know, so they don't, yeah, the rash guards. Uh-huh. Yeah. Rash guards. And I'm like, I need that for my home. gym. <laughs> like I have that problem. You know, I just thought it was such an amazing product. And so I shot her a message this morning and I'm like, Hey, are you the ones that make the arms for uh, the assault bike? So, uh, athletes in wheelchairs can use the assault bike. And she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, actually we do. It's patent pending. Um, you know, we're really excited about it. You can flip the monitor and see the monitor upside down. I'm like, do you, do you know, Tracy at assault? And she's like, no, we've, we've never been introduced. And so I connected her to the owner of assault bike today, which, awesome. which is awesome, which is what it needs. Like, um, Dana and Mark are probably two of the best humans that have ever walked the face of the planet. They do a lot of this stuff with the adaptive community and never make a dime off any of it. But generally what happens is like one of our adaptive athletes comes and say, Hey, here's the problem. How do we fix it? And they, they figure out something or a way to do mm-hmm. it and start producing products for us. And I mean, we're a niche market and, and they're never going to be millionaires off of this, but man, do they work their ass off to do everything they can for these adaptive athletes. Um, I can't say enough nice things about equip products. Like they're the ones who originally made the lap mat. They made the, they started mass producing the Aldridge arm for one of our athletes. Um, like, hand hooks, all these different crazy things you never were. I'm working on them right now for like gloves for people who are quadriplegic and don't have great hand functions. So they can start getting into CrossFit. Like they're, they're willing to work with it just about anything. Well, what's cool to me about, about this, and hopefully we can connect more people is like, you know, she had this great idea. When I talked to Tracy originally, she was one of the companies I reached out to. And she's like, well, John, we don't really make products for, uh, you know, the adaptive community. We have, you know, our bikes don't really work that way, you know, for the most part, she's like, but we're happy to give money and support any way we can. We want to support, just tell us what we can do. And now she's got an outlet of someone who's created something for her bike. So she doesn't have to invest the money to do it, but she can mm-hmm. absolutely give support and resources and partner with them, which I think is a huge win for the community. That's that yeah. so you guys cool. can all hate the bike. Like I do. It's great. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I have their, their prototypes for those handles or have been at my gym for the last like two years and I've had to use them and I try to forget that they're there. So I don't have to use them. <laughs> yes. We all try to forget that the bike is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so many great companies have jumped in on this. Um, RX Smart Gear, to your point, you mentioned the Aldridge Arm. They're the they partner with Equip to make jump ropes, and that's one of yeah, them. Yeah, the mono rope, which is which is massive. I'm trying to get my first single under with one of them. We'll see if I can pull it off. Stupid human trick for sure. But, <laughs> um, but RX is RN is in to help. Uh you can Doc Spartans, a longtime supporter. You know, they were immediately like, Yes, what can we do? Abmat, same way. They're like, Yep, we'll get money, we'll get product, let's go. You know, just so many great companies within the community are wanting to do this. And and my hope is, you know, if we can keep connecting them, you know, a company like Abmat, for instance, I need to, I need to connect him with Equip because this guy's an mm-hmm. inventor, you know, yes. like you put yeah. those two together and there's no telling what they'll come up with. That'd be cool. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool connections out there. And, and I think the more we start to see these companies, see these athletes do some of the craziest stuff, like like uh, Logan's 501 single arm deadlift or some of our, our Casey Acri who snatches 
it's not just like 245, 260 with one and a half arms. And um, yeah, t- yeah. Or, or like Tom Yazgan is not human. No, no, it's it's not. He literally had, he's a residual limb and he's below elbow uh, um, athlete. And he literally with one strap on one side, his hand on the other will literally snatch and catch. Like, I think it's like 245 or 255. Yeah. Uh, on one hand on this side and like balance it on his residual limb on this side and catch it that way. Like, you know how perfect you have to be in your pull in order to catch 245 on a, on a, on a nub. You know how perfect you have to be to catch 245 on two fucking hands. I mean, yeah, I've I seen some pretty, I've seen some pretty ugly 245s with two hands. Oh, I, I watched a video of him doing two and a quarter a few days ago yeah. and it was yeah. flawless. Like it was beautiful. It was a beautiful lift. Wow. And I'm just sitting there like, you know, I think I posted a video of myself snatching like 135 once and my mom nearly lost her shit because she thought I was going to drop it on me. And like, she's all nervous. I'm like, you got no idea what what's, people left, mom. You know, what's the worst that can happen when you're snatching, John? What's the worst? What's the worst, Kevin? What's the worst? What's the worst that can happen? You, you, you get good parking. <laughs> there you, get you go. Great jokes. Yeah. Good parking. Good jokes. I'd, I'd get to uh, spend more time. You with organize Tom. all sorts of events, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. No, because you, if if the worst happened, then you guys would be bitch at me because I don't like to do rope climbs now, and I'm certainly not doing them in a wheelchair. And you guys would call <laughs> me a pussy and tell me what a baby I'm being, and would, then I'd feel bad about myself. That one, yeah. You know? We never call you a pussy. We, we, don't, we don't use that word, but we may call you a baby. There you go. Oh. There you go. Well, John would have to change his vocabulary around completely, and that that mm-hmm. is a feat in and of itself. So it would it would be very difficult. Very <laughs> you ever heard Saudi talk? You don't have to, you don't have to change your you ever heard me or Saudi talk. There's a whole list of things we're not allowed to say at ATA courses and things that I've said. You don't have to change anything; you'll be fine. Yeah, well, have you I ever heard I, this podcast before? Yeah. So I I couldn't have Saudi and Nikki on the same show because it'd just be too many f bombs. We wouldn't be able to air it. It'd be. <laughs> No, Saudi's Canadian. He uses the F bomb as punctuation. Yeah, exactly. Relatable, relatable. Now I ha- now that I've made a human, I don't know how I'm supposed to change who I am to make sure I don't raise a shithead who swears as much as I do. Like, when do I need to, and how do I need to change that about myself? I you don't can't. know. That baby's gonna be cussing in like a week. Like, he might already listen, listen cussing's one thing, but like beat him a little bit just so they don't, you know, act up. Like that's all. Yeah, no, of course, duh. Yeah, it's the Obviously. I grew up in the Midwest. It's the Midwest way. Just a little smack around, you're fine. Yeah, I refuse to have a fucking snowflake. I refuse. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Do you know what? Sorry, I won't I won't like go off on a tangent about raising kids, but like, Let's don't do you it. guys feel like like we were like the last like normal people? <laughs> and then the like the couple generations below us have like skewed so far in one direction that like now that we're the generation having kids that we're going to skew so far back so that we don't like raise what we don't want that we're all going to go back to like basically beating our kids, which is like, not, I'm not being totally serious, partially serious, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I think, I think it's cyclical. I mean, what's what's the old phrase? What's the old phrase? Like strong men create, and this just doesn't have to be bad. Strong men create good times, good times, create weak men, weak men, create hard times, hard times, create strong men again. It's like, it's gotta be a hundred percent. It's just bizarre. I don't know. And even like, I don't know. I just obviously I'm in it, so I don't really know what's happening. And also, like, I'm kind of bullshit because the second he's like minorly uncomfortable, I like run into the room and I'm like, what do you need? Oh my God, I'm 
here for you. But, you know, when he's actually talking back to me and is a little piece of shit that I don't mind. So him across my wife is at a huge disadvantage. If we have kids, I, I don't know if it's genetic. I don't really hear babies scream. Like they, they oh. could literally be going off next to my face and it doesn't even affect me. Like I, I yeah. know it's there. I know it's present. It's not like I can't hear them. It's just something that doesn't bother me whatsoever. So we'll be on like flights. And she's like, did you hear that baby screaming the entire time? I'm like, yeah. She's like, didn't that drive me insane? I'm like, no. Do you want to hear something terrible or not terrible, but terrifying rather? Um, that was me before I had my own. <laughs> And now that I, 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 I've never given two shits. I'm like babies cry, whatever. It doesn't bug me. I'm like, it is what it is. No worries. It doesn't, I don't care. And then I had my own. <laughs> and now I'm like two milliseconds into him crying. I'm like, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go check on him or like pick him up or whatever. And my husband has to be like, you need to relax. And he needs to figure out well, how to soothe himself. Like calm the fuck down. I grew up in a large family with a lot of kids. I think I just learned to like block it out when I was really young. I was like that too. I'm telling you something. My brain is broken. My brain and my pelvis are both broken. Thank you. Both healed. What a a combination. Only only one mice actually. (laughs) Only one mice. Turns out. Yeah, I was at PT the other day, and my uh, physical because my body is like just not healing it's just not like responding well because of like the weird position i have to sit in to breastfeed this baby and he was like wow your sacrum is really loose i was like yeah when does that go back to normal and he was like maybe never so there there are literally like doctors and pts who specialize in this pelvic uh, like strengthening and pelvic floor strengthening for Mm -hmm. like women in postpartum and i only know this my sister had a kid like a yeah i guess he's almost oh man he's almost two um and like I was talking to her and uh, me and my sister talk about a lot of things that most people probably don't. We were talking about pelvic floors. Fair. Um, I didn't know that they don't teach women the difference between trying to push out a poop and trying to flex your abs to push. Like it's not something they teach women. Like I, I am blown away at how little you women actually get mm-hmm. told about the birthing process before <laughs> you have to produce a human. It's she wild. Me, she was telling me half these things that she learned postpartum or after she uh-huh. gave birth. And I'm like, don't you think that would have been helpful beforehand? And she's like, yeah, I wish they would have taught me any of this. They just told me to breathe and to push. Yes. No, I started. And, and pelvic I, floor PT. Right way. I started pelvic floor PT um, halfway through my pregnancy. Yeah, I, I have been and I graduated from pelvic floor PT 12 weeks after I was postpartum. So I have been going that whole time. Um, and that's which is why uh, two, two, I did 250 double unders this week without peeing. What's up? There you go. I can't even do that. This is a true story. I'm 51 years old. I didn't hear the term pelvic floor until Nikki got pregnant. And now I hear it every day. Constantly. Yeah. But it's like rampant in our our community. Like, because we're fit people and we give a shit about our like long term Mm -hmm. longevity and and health and wellness. So, like, we're into it. But like the rest of the world, like, they need to get on the fucking train. I want to know, like, what doctor started to ignore the pelvic floor stuff as far as like postpartum peeing themselves is just like you know what yeah peeing your pants will be normal we'll just make that normal it's not a big deal like severe pain when you sit down that's just part of life mbd yeah yeah because even my ob has never asked me half the questions and like gone over half the shit that my pelvic floor pt did with me no i was like like, and i learned how to breathe early because i like like downloaded like the brianna battles program like Mm. i learned that stuff because i sought it out it was never like brought to me like hey you should probably 
you know, get your abs to get back together at some point. Well, and we were one of the few, like, have you, I, I mean, I looked into like, uh, like, like a post part, like pregnancy and postpartum, like fitness a long, long time ago. Um, when I first started getting into personal training, CrossFit's one of the first ones has ever actually done anything like within people, like there were, mm-hmm. I guess not CrossFit, but within CrossFit things like birth fit that yeah. actually go in there and like, look at like what the actual best practices are for pregnant women. I mean, if you look at the old stuff that I, that I read back in early two thousands, um, about like pregnancy and working out, it's just like, yeah, I don't have them do anything. Just have them sit there. If they're uncomfortable, have them stop. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. My, the nurse that I called, I was, I was nine weeks pregnant. I'm sure I've told this on the podcast before. I was nine weeks pregnant and I clean and jerked like 160, which is big weight for me uh, in a regular training day at the gym. And I was like, that was great. And I feel great. um, But maybe I should ask if this is what I should really be doing. Like, I don't know when to pull back. I don't know what's smart. And I called my obese office and the nurse was like, yeah, we tell pregnant women not to lift more than 25 pounds at a time. And I was like, uh, I done fucked up. Yep. <laughs> I think you're fine. I think their protocols are what's messed of course, up. Of course. Yeah. But there is, you know, it's just, wonder, it's not right that that was like a blanket the, statement she gave Where me. the dissonant came from, like ancestrally, like uh, pregnant women still hunt, like gathering, killing things, running with toddlers to oh like, God. to like. Don't lift more than 25 pounds or everyone in your life is going to die. I don't know. Kevin, you get along with my husband really well, because every time we were in the gym and I was like, I don't know if I'm pushing too hard. Like I'm having trouble understanding. He was like, Nikki, nine month pregnant lionesses still have to hunt for the entire pride. Okay. They're taking down antelopes and they got a whole bunch of cubs in their belly and you're going to be fine. I was like, good call. call." I I feel like, I feel like pregnant women are treated like adaptive athletes. Like you guys are porcelain. I'm like, you guys are growing a human. I think they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I think yeah. that it's, you know, huge props to CrossFit for launching this, um, you know, the CrossFit health program this year where the MBs yeah. and are mm-hmm. you know, so going to be a bigger yeah. part of it. And I, are, really do you have any sense, Kevin, how much they're going to be involved with the adaptive community at all? Like the CrossFit health stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, as much as the adaptive, as much as the adaptive community wants to be involved, I think the cool thing about the program is that it's not like a, a, like a blanket thing. It's actually like personalized like healthcare more or less. Um, I would suggest a lot more adaptive athletes get into it early. Um, just so we have a baseline. Um, mm. I mean, honestly, uh, doctors don't know what to do with me. They don't, they don't, they, they literally don't. They take one look at me or someone like me, who's an adaptive athlete has a disability and, and still fit and healthy. And they're like, we don't, we don't know what to do with you. We don't, we honestly don't know. They don't know how to prescribe things. They, yeah, it's always like, you're super healthy. And I'm like, well, there's something (laughs) wrong. So you might want to try to figure this out. They're like, um, and so they don't, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to look at my blood pressure. They don't know how to look at my, uh, like heart rate. Um, they don't know how to look at anything. And so I think, um, I think CrossFit health, this is CrossFit health initiative, um, or precision care, um, is going to be massive for adaptive athletes because they're actually going to get a chance to talk to someone who understands that they're not they're not, not only not broken, but also can have normal numbers. Like the amount of times I've been told that, um, my resting heart rate is too low because it's in the fifties and sixties as a seated athlete, um, is crazy, crazy. They're like, Oh, you should be between like 80 and like 75 and 90. And I'm like, that's, that's really high. Yeah. That's really uh, high. I mean, oh, and, I get, and, and, I get and, told that all the time, uh, all the time that my resting heart rate is too low. It's, it's, just, it's like, it's look, at, look at my, look at my other numbers. 
uh, my favorite is when I go into doctors and they're like, oh, you look super healthy. Like your numbers are really good. And these numbers are great. And this is all awesome. Um, what are you doing? And I'm like, I do CrossFit and I eat lean meats, nothing, seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar. And they're like, mm, you should stop that. That's bad for you. You should really cut that out. Um, it took me almost, it took me almost two years to, uh, probably closer to three, um, three, three and a half years to convince Craig hospital, which is a spinal cord injury and TBI injury, uh, hospital, like three minutes from my gym to start working with us. Cause they thought, uh, what we did was dangerous for seated athlete. We were going to blow people's shoulders out. And after the fourth or fifth athlete, they went back to them that was supposed to have full reconstruction on their shoulder and no longer needed it because of healthy practices. They're like, okay, we'll listen. But it took me like three years of going in there and having them tell me that what I was doing was super dangerous. What? I don't, I don't, I just, I don't even know where to like begin. Well, I mean, the, it's a huge topic that we should probably take to another show. But I, I think, yeah. you know, my point to the question was, you know, I think we've seen this evolution with, you know, women in this, this good discussion around pelvic floor, for instance, in the early days of CrossFit, it was just like, oh, look, that mom was peeing on the floor doing double unders and no one knew why. And now that we've got a decade behind us of research and doctors doing CrossFit and like really understanding, we're starting to see the conversation come up more. And I think this precision health is kind of the next logical step for CrossFit where they can start really delving into adaptive athletes and moms and old farts like me and like really start to understand what are the limits of the human body? Cause we don't, I don't yeah. think we truly know even now, like you guys are pushing the, the envelope of what are the limits for adaptive athletes? Oh, for sure. We are. It's cause, cause people were told they can't do things forever. Like at Matt setups, I was told in the hospital multiple times. I'd never sit up by myself again, never doing it. Now we do it in workouts and like sets of a hundred. Like it's, it's, it's because not to be mean to able-bodied individuals who work in their fields. Um, it's because a lot of the protocols and things that are, are thought to be proper or right are evaluated by people who have never had to live this lifestyle mm -hmm. or never had to try these things. They've looked at one person struggle and go, I don't like them struggling. We're going to stop that. Like I love Craig hospital to death. I think they do a really good job. I think the, the biggest downfall of Craig hospital is that most of their programs are written by people who have never had to live this life. Hmm. Um, it's mostly able-bodied people who write these protocols and what's possible and what's not possible is written by people who can use their legs. And when you talk to people who are outside of Craig, but still like to work with Craig, who are actually in wheelchairs or have spinal cord injuries, they're like, oh yeah, we don't do it that way. We've never done that. We tried it like twice and it doesn't work that way. So we do it this way instead and it worked really well. But they, they don't change protocols because protocols are protocols. And, and right. um, I, think it, I think it's a lot of the same thing with, um, you know, pregnant women, adaptive athletes, all these, all these <laughs> protocols are written by people who, who aren't pregnant women and adaptive athletes. Yeah. And have no, and like, not to say that they can't know what they're talking about and you can't coach adaptive athletes unless, uh, unless you're an adaptive athlete yourself, cause you absolutely can. Um, but those protocols should be written by someone who's having to deal with it, or at least a coach who's willing to make someone suffer a little bit. Well, I think, and I think, I think generation is so scared of struggling. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our, our, our generation is so scared, 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 you know, are scared of struggling. You know, like people want to like, will literally sprint to open a door for me. And I'm like, chill. I literally can bench press 400 pounds. I think I can handle this three pound door. <laughs> like the amount of dirty looks my wife gets when I open the car door for her or open the restaurant door for her, because like she should be doing it for me because it doesn't look normal. Um, 
And so I think a lot of people just are so able-bodied individuals are so scared of making adaptive athletes struggle or non-pregnant men are so scared of making pregnant women struggle that they, they forget that they're probably wrong. Do you ever yeah. get tempted if you guys are in a fight to be out in public and go, why won't you help me? And watch her get dirty looks. <laughs> no, she gets dirty looks enough as it is. <laughs> That's what so I would she, do. She, I'd be her favorite, one of her favorite things to do is to like cause a scene in public like going to a grocery store and like me be looking at something and someone like not want to tell me that I'm in their way. And she'll literally scream down the, uh, like the aisle move cripple. You're in their way. <laughs> and they don't know that I know her. Um, and, and so like one of her, she loves to make people uncomfortable. So I don't, I don't think she needs any help with the, with, with that and the, and the like making people in public upset with them. She's her. my you, favorite. You should start responding. I'll <laughs> as fast as I can lady. Like you don't know her at all. It'd be great. So we've do, we've do. done that. People, people get real uncomfortable. Oh no, it's perfectly fine. Take all the time you need. I didn't even, I didn't even want to eat tonight. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave the store. Oh, perfect. Perfect. That's great. <laughs> great That's great, great for me. Yeah. Oh my God. How funny. But She's then, then the she, she also gets the, like, um, she'll get like the, Oh, you're such a saint for staying with him. Oh and, no, I am. And she'll be like, yeah, <laughs> I, I am. He's, he's an asshole. That's nothing to do with the wheelchair. He's just an asshole. He's a dick. I don't know what you want. I mean, I think the the fact that her, isn't her Instagram handle the walking ogar? That is her Instagram handle is the walking ogar. Right. So like that alone, I feel like tells you her sense of humor right there. Yeah. Um, It's, well, it's really funny because if you don't know her, you don't know she has a neurological, like a severe neurological impairment and like half of her face is partially paralyzed. She just looks sassy. Um, Fair. So it's re- it's really funny, but oh, it, it, it goes back to the point of like I think that's that's the main thing. Like people don't want to watch me struggle. They don't want to watch other adaptive athletes struggle. And I think when you don't allow people to struggle, you really, I mean, truly, you handicap them. Then like that's that's mm-hmm. that's the disability. This disability isn't that my legs don't work. It's that I um, people aren't allowing me to struggle and figure things out. I mean, if I never struggled, like good, good example of this, like getting in and out of my car, the first time I did it, getting into my car took me 45 minutes. I didn't know what I was doing. It was hard. I was struggling. Now it takes me a total of like 20, 30 seconds to get into my car, which is still longer than most. But, um, you know, if, if someone didn't allow me to struggle, it, I would always take me 45 minutes to get in my car instead of like learning the processy and then, then taking 20 to 30 seconds. I still like 70 year old ladies come up and be like, can I help you? And I'm like, no, can I help you? It looks like you need it more than I do. Um, but I think we need to let, let, especially in the adaptive communities, let them struggle a lot more than we do. Yeah. It's a good life lesson for all of us, honestly. Well, Stop being a baby. Yeah. Which is why I need to let my fucking kid cry. I know. I know. I'm going to, I'm going to title this podcast, stop being a baby and see how much hate I get. For it. <laughs> Just stop no, being a baby it. with Kevin Ogar. Yeah. Title it Cri- cripples are being babies. Cripples that's, are it. Being babies. It. that's it. Perfect. Yeah. See, what see, happens. see how much podcast yeah. instantly gets canceled. Well, I, th- I think that phrase, is, that, that phrase is probably the best one to end it on. I do hope, I do hope that this is, especially this conversation about uncomfortableness. I hope that's what comes from the campaign mm-hmm. that people start getting out of their uncomfortableness and talking to others and telling others about what's going on in our community. And most importantly, get them to join, like get them to show up in the gyms and that's going to be uncomfortable. Right. And to your point, Kevin, they're going to struggle and the coaches are going to struggle. 
like the coaches are going to struggle more than the athletes for a while until they figure it out, you know, and the they'll coolest, figure it out. The coolest thing I've seen out of any adaptive gym, uh, my gym, News River, Stouty's gym, a lot of the, like the, now the big ones that have big programs, isn't the fitness. It is the perception of human beings. We know we don't have adaptive athletes and athletes. We just have athletes at our gym at this point in time. We have some that need to scale more, scale less, adapt more, adapt less, but they're all athletes. And I have all of our, not only our uh, adaptive athletes who are like, I, I forget I'm working out with able-bodied people. That's cool. I think that's really cool. I think it's a really powerful statement. I think the cooler statement is when I have able-bodied athletes come and be like, I completely forgot they had an impairment. I just, it was just Cody. It was just Mariah. Like I completely forgot they were an adaptive athlete. And I think that's, I think that where your campaign um, and bringing more people into this, I think that's when it's going to start doing, it's going to change people's fitness level, which is awesome, but it's going to change their self-perception and the perception of others from, from what they can and can't do and to, to who they actually are. Well, I can tell you this, if you and I were bench pressing together, I'm the one with the impairment because I ain't benching 400 pounds, bro. (laughs) Not even close. I skipped leg day for almost a decade. It's paying off. Apparently 400 pounds is, uh, is pretty solid to say the least. Oh, I would, I would, uh, I like heavy things. I had to have something. I had to have one lift that was super heavy. It's what I got. And I have short little basset hound arms. So (laughs) that makes it easy. That's too easy for you. Then I'm like, I I have an advantage over everyone else. I don't have to drive through my legs and my arms are short. Yeah. That's yeah. You got all the advantages. Look at you. Got it all set up for you. It's good stuff. Let me read this comment to you, Kevin. Let me see if I make it. Oh yeah. I want to know. This this is a good one. You know, this came from Rebecca, you know, Rebecca, she goes, uh, actually I posted that you're going to be on the show tonight. And she just sent a comment said he's the goat. And then, and then sent me a follow-up comment. It said, so Kevin was my L one red shirt about three weeks Mm -hmm. before my brain tumor diagnosis. When I, when I ended up paralyzed, I sent him a message and just having seen him in action reminded me I'd be just fine if I never walked again. Now, lo and behold, I'm honored to be able to call him and his wife a friend. His life has given many people like me hope. I thought that was really oh, cool. Come on. Oh, sh- oh shingle decker. Nice yeah. words. That was really cool she, though. You know, and just, she the- is, she is a good person. She is, um, she's also the, the what? third fittest neuro athlete in the world at this point, fourth, sorry, fourth, but, um, she's, she's not alone. I'm, and yeah. And I, I remember that level one, we were down in Texas. I believe we were at, um, CrossFit strong, um, when I met her. And then like three, three weeks later, she reached out to me with the, with having to have a brain tumor removed, which is crazy. Um, but there's the more stories that your campaign can create like that, John, like where, where people have these massively traumatic, things happen to them and they can come out the other side and say like, I'm still a human being. I think that's going to be the coolest thing that comes out of your, your campaign. I mean, even, even last year, the Amy Bream, who probably has the most views out of anyone for the, to the games, uh, single leg, um, female, um, getting the bar overhead. Like it's been shared on sports center a million times over. Um, she never did cross before this, like the open helped show her that she was capable of all mm-hmm. these things. And, and I, I can't wait to see what your campaign does to bring more people in. I'm super pumped for it. I love the, the fact that you're like, I'm not going to wait for this. I'm going to do it myself. And I think it's going to be a huge, huge um, bump. Well, full to, disclosure, to I, I didn't athletes. wait because I'm like, if I ask permission, I might get sued. So <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> just going to do, do it. it and let's see what happens. And uh, no lawsuit yet. Knock on wood. 
So John, how I, can, um, how can I think people be just fine? How, uh, yeah, how do good people point. get involved? Yeah. yeah. So a few things. So if you want to contribute, so we're raising a cash purse for the top three in each division. So it'd be 30 people. They get a check. Hopefully uh, there's a GoFundMe. There's a link in my bio. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, and you can donate cash that way. If you don't like GoFundMe, you can message me personally and I can have you send it to my PayPal and we'll, you know, I'll fund it. Um, so those would be, you know, probably the two easiest ways to do it. Uh, and then we have a kind of a boatload of sponsors that are helping us, you know, not only in that cash raise, but they're also going to donate toward the swag bag. And I think that swag bag is going to get pretty close to a thousand bucks at this point. Nice. And that's for all three. We'll get that. And so, um, I'll give you some examples of what it's going to be. So like innovate, what we're going to ask them or what I've asked them to do is instead of giving product, because everyone in these divisions have, you know, differences that we we just can't manage for, they're going to create vouchers or coupon codes, and then they can go to the websites and redeem for whatever they want. Right. Uh, So like innovate, for instance, is going to give $150 vouchers. If they want to get shoes and get shoes, if they want to get socks or hats or apparel or anything else from innovate they can do that you know awesome which is really cool um rx smart gear uh is going to be a part of it o2 you can rp uh shout out to rp man first day donated a thousand dollars straight into the campaign which is just amazing and they're they're doing more beyond that but um you know really great doc spartan uh strong coffee company Abmat, Assault Bike, uh, Nice Lift Co. Um, oh, nice. Yeti. They're great. Yeah, Yeti is yes. uh, part of it, which is great. Uh, matter of fact, I had, um, and then I some other things are coming up. I got to, um, I'll announce this in a few days once they get it finalized, but um, uh, Blacklisted HQ, which is a gem, they do online competitions. He's like, hey, what if I run a two-day competition and donate the, pr- the money to this? You know, that's huge. Yeah. So there's, um, you know, a lot of stuff like that coming, um, where I think we'll be able to continue to raise. So, but you know, I'd certainly love to get as much as we can in donations. Cause I think that, you know, it just means so much to the athletes and, and kind of typical typical of our community. I love this, man. It it just shows like what our community can do, you know? So, I mean, hopefully, um, I may or may not be actually competing in the open this year instead of running the backhand. I've been, I've been voluntold by a few people that I should actually try. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Do it, man. Look, if, if Dave Castro can do the open, you can do the open. Come on. Dave. Can yeah. Do the I, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of sit back cause I help on the, on the back end of it. Uh, but Alec has, um, has wanted to push me. And, and so it's uh, like Chris Downberg to see like, uh, to actually try to compete in this year, specifically because we now have the semifinals. Um, so oh, I'm old Kevin, I would love to watch you compete in the um, open, dude. I'm old. I'm old and I'm out of shape, Nikki. We'll, we'll. You got time? I spend, I spend a lot of time doing other people's fitness, so we'll see what happens. There's a lot of fit seated guys out there. It's true. That's true. But you got a little time. To put put pedal to the metal and uh, see what you can do between we'll now and spring. Happens. Yeah, don't be a baby. We'll Just sign up. Do it. It's, yeah, it's come on. Oh, I'm uh, I'm gonna sign up. I'm gonna sign up and do it. I and we're every single person in my gym. We did the deal last year. We actually, I've been doing this deal for the gym, for my gym for the past three or four years, depth of athlete or not, that if they signed up for the open and it was their first one, I'd cover their, cover the cost of it. Oh, I um, love that. So, um, all my adaptive athletes who are uh, now, now some of them are pissed. Cause like, this is my second or third open. You're covering my cost. I'm like, no, 
you know, no, you know what this is. Well, now they get OT gift cards. So <laughs> yeah. no, no, technically it's there free. We go. Yeah, it's free. There it's we go. Oh, well, that's a great method, Kevin. I'm going to bring that to my gym owner. Yeah, it's it's not that expensive. Like you, you no, spend like not. twenty bucks for like ten or fifteen people who want to do the yeah. open as their first year and get them involved in a lot of the community stuff that we wanted. I, I don't care what they do in the open as long as they come to the community side of things. Dude, I I would love to see gyms as part of this campaign do that. Just say, you know what? If you're an adaptive athlete, you want to do the open, we'll pay. Like it's twenty yeah. bucks. Like, you know, like I I realize gyms have bills to pay like everybody else, but to your point, like. You want to get athletes to stick. This is a good way to get them to stick, make them part of the community. That's the whole yeah. point. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's fun. Cool. Kevin, thank you for being on, man. Yeah. Thank no, you thanks so for having much. me on. Thank you. Good to see you. Likewise. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I, obviously we'll be talking a lot more uh, over the next coming months. I'm actually going to be on the zoom call with Will Watt on uh, Saturday to explain the campaign and, and talk about what's going on there. Uh, so you and I will be talking more, everyone listening, you guys will hear me more and Nikki too, obviously, but uh, we, we would certainly appreciate everyone's support. If you guys can pitch in or, you know, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your kids, tell everybody it's got 20 bucks to give it to the campaign. So uh, with that, we'll run. We appreciate you guys joining us and we will chat with you all soon.